right now on VFN TV, President Obama does an interview with the Rolling Stones magazine, and he talks about, and we'll be talking in detail about it, how he was concerned about the internet, how the internet uh, is changing the narrative, and possibly how to control the internet. Also, organizing America. He's talking about coming out and beginning to organize from grassroots. It hasn't stopped. It looks like, based on his story, that it's just begun. And we're also going to look at the important understanding of why the Constitution is important and where did it come from and what is the Magna Carta, because we've got to begin to understand where we are as a nation, as a country, right now on VFN TV. Welcome to VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. That's L-I-G-H-T, light. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. When Time Magazine will have no choice but to say what I want them to say. Newsweek, what I want to say. For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way, and the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Masa of SoftBank from Japan, and he's just agreed to invest $50 billion in the United States and 50,000 jobs. President-elect Trump, my friend, congratulations on being elected President of the United States of America. You are a great friend of Israel. And I'm confident that the two of us, working closely together, will bring the great alliance between our two countries to even greater heights. I had a chance to talk to President-elect Trump last night to congratulate him on winning the election. And I had a chance to invite him to come to the White House. So I have instructed my team and worked as hard as we can to make sure that this is a successful transition for the president-elect. I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with him on behalf of our country. Donald Trump is going to be our president. We owe him an open mind and the chance to lead. Our constitutional democracy enshrines the peaceful transfer of power. When his hand comes off the Bible, when he's sworn in as president, we are hitting the ground running. I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. It's a movement comprised of Americans from all races, religions, backgrounds, and beliefs who want and expect our government to serve the people and serve the people it will. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. Do you feel optimistic about America right now? A, a divided America? 100%. Why? It is the, I mean, this, this is a fantastic country. There's never been anything like it. This system will produce more and more stuff and better and better stuff. Trump also apparently offered a post to Robert Johnson, the founder of Black Entertainment Television. Johnson declined, saying that as entrepreneur, he didn't want to go into government bureaucracy but also said he never thought Trump is a racist or anti-African-American. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt and see if we can find common ground. And uh, I think that's the best interest of African-Americans. And I think the church has got to wake up and realize this, that the culture is being changed by persons who are dedicated to uh, redefining the, uh, uh, the First Amendment freedom of religion as freedom of worship. We've got to understand that the greatest need in America is the next great awakening. We've got to become involved in activism. we got to get off the bench, man. It's just like Psalm 133 says, there's a mighty, mighty anointing when the unity of the Spirit is present. Maybe we need a new vocabulary for speaking to the American people and the body of Christ that is neither left nor right, but uniquely biblical and American. We as a body of Christ have bought into the left-right paradigm and we automatically lop off half the population when we talk that way because it breaks my heart that members of the body of Christ seem to find in many instances their primary identity in their race, in their skin color. I think it is one of the tragedies of our nation, one of the shameful tragedies that 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is one of the most segregated hours, if not the most segregated hours 
in Christian America. Nobody can fix America but the church. The church is totally silent about race. We're, we, we are ourselves dysfunctional in our ability. We're family, but we're a dysfunctional family because we cannot talk about the elephant in the middle of the room. Right. And until we do, then the people in the street are taking up the conversation. And I think that they are God's judgment on a silent church. Oh, I believe that God is looking to raise up Martin Luther King Jr.'s with his mantle to heal the racial problem, but they're not going to just be black people. And because they're Christians, they're going to live that they see Christianity as their primary identifier. There is an uprising coming. There is an uprising coming. Do not hold your peace from this day forward for the next five months you will hear peace peace but there is no peace the lord says the sword of heaven is coming to liberate the ground now you got racists blaming each other you got police blaming the people the people blaming the police you got parents blaming children children blaming parents when are we going to seek his face when are we going to turn? Jezebel will not leave on her own accord, but I, the Lord, will cause her to fall from her tower of power. Even as of late, you have wondered if anything could unseat her from her evil purposes. Her victims are many. She has come to her final chapter, the Lord will not tolerate her subversive activities any longer. Deliverance has finally come. With your host, Greg Lancaster. Welcome to VFN TV. I'm Greg Lancaster, and joining me just a moment is Steve Kalaszewski. Well, today's program, we're going to begin to look at this Rolling Stones interview where President Obama was talking about how he wants to edit speech in a very nice way, but actually edit the First Amendment rights and control the internet in some way, nice way, but control it. And also the constitution, where did it come from and why is it so challenged? And, and we're gonna find out about this document called the Magna, uh, Magna uh, uh, Carta that is so important about uh, understanding why they did that because there's evil kings historically that ruled over people and took advantage of them. And we see people rising up today. So make sure you stay tuned to every part of the program. But right now we're celebrating 12 days of Christmas. We love to celebrate Christmas with you. Want to help re remind you of the reason for the season. You know, and you think about when you're getting a gift maybe for your, a loved one and it could be a letter, or it could be a nice gift that you're buying. But remember, think about them and what they were like. Get them something special. As a matter of fact, let's take a look at this.
So I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And remember that, you know, you want to think about what, what would they want? That was so cute seeing this young, young boy with his imagination. But when we get back from this break, we're going to be talking about President Obama and what his interview with the Rolling Stones, what uh, he was saying very specifically about the plans that he has in store after he rests, after he takes a vacation and he writes his book. He wants to begin to organize again. Remember, he was trained up and mentored allegedly by Saul Alinsky, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, along with Hillary Clinton. Maybe the days of organizing has really just begun. Join us after the break. Light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Did you know that Jesus himself said, apart from abiding in him, that we can accomplish nothing? So many people want to be able to do that, but you know what? They don't have a plan to do it. We put together a simple plan for you, and it's at iabide.org. It's iabide.org. Go there and request your plan today. It is amazing how your life will change when you begin to spend time with Him who created the universe. He's been desiring that you would do that. It's at iabide.org. Request your simple plan today. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on VFN TV and the Data Radio Program. Every single day, we are on the air talking to the world and encouraging you by bringing the light, keeping the conversation light. And we also talk to you in many different ways as well. One way is at the VFN Torch. If you go to vfntv.com and click on the torch, our program that we have for years now with all these pertinent topics of the day, plus things that you need to know, is right there for you where you can go back and, and educate yourself on a particular matter. You can share things with a friend. You can listen to us and, and in addition in SoundCloud as well. You can share things audibly with other, other listeners out there and other viewers and friends. There's just so much available to you at vfntv.com. In addition, think about this. It's, we come to you in the air, broadcasting in the air, in your pocket, which is on mobile devices, and online. We're all over the world, and we want to be able to bring encouragement to you. And we do that one way with our app. You can go to uh, your app, Apple App Store. You can go to Google Play Store and, or your Windows Store and, and get your app and download it. The, the app is called VFNTV. Of course, you go to VFNTV.com. We have our little uh, area there. You can pick which app you want to be able to download. It's just so exciting to know that no matter where you are, we want to be able to encourage you. I don't know if you knew about this, but also you can sign up for our Torch newsletter. We have a gift for you for doing that. You just go to vfntv.com in the upper right-hand corner and fill out that little information, and immediately a free gift will come to you. One of them is prudent preparation. Hopefully it's going to come to you and teach you how to probably prepare for the day, uh, what's happening in our culture today, and how to think outside the box. And this is something we want to be able to give to you, plus some other gifts as well. And I also want to make sure that you have a chance to be able to become a VFN TV partner. We have a whole partners area just to say thank you. It's a it's special area, special events, green room, things we have available just to give our partners, just to be able to say thank you. Imagine any time you can log into the partners area. Why? Because you partnered for any dollar figure at all to be able to, to, to just say thank you. Things you can share with your friends as well. Also, we have VFN Kingdom Business Partners, a whole nother area to be able to focus on the seven spheres of culture. Just very encouraging. And finally, I want to encourage you, maybe your business, maybe you want to become a business sponsor. Um, those are the ones that are standing with us, that want to keep the conversation light, that want to impact their community, but also want to be able to share their business, their service, what they provide for their community. You can do that by going to vfntv.com. Thank you so much, and thanks for watching. It goes on Welcome, welcome back to VFN TV. Listen, if you want to get that great music, you can get it. It's, called, it's New Song's new album. It's the best Christmas ever. You can go to VFNTV.com on the front page to find out how you can get it. Well, our president, President Barack Obama, is already talking about what he's going to do mm -hmm. after he gets out of office. And obviously, it's the most pressured office you could possibly... Somebody yeah. says, described it this way. It's like drinking from a water hose. No, drinking from a fire hose every day in the White House. 
And so obviously he's aged a bit. Everybody ages The amount a of bit. decisions he has to make in one day. In one day. Yeah. But the whole thing about it, you know, that you know, historically that, as we talked about in the program, that um, Hillary Clinton and President Barack Obama were both organizers. They both were mentored in some way in a personal relationship with Hillary Clinton, with Saul Alinsky, who wrote the book Rules for Radicals. And the argument, based on my understanding between you know, Hillary Clinton's thesis and what she thought when she was dis- debating with Saul Alinsky was she thought you can organize things from the inside of power. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, you have to organize it from the outside, outside. of power. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and they dedicate this whole book, Saul Alinsky, whose rules that they are using are used during this, te- this kind of technique, they dedicate that book to the first one that used these rules. And the first one that used these rules, according to Saul Alinsky, and of course it's biblically correct, is Lucifer. Yeah. And so, so uh, it who is- got, Who basically got a kingdom of his own, is what Saul Alinsky says. It's right. kind of scary. And so, the, and so Marshall Gantz, I think about Marshall Gantz before we read this Rolling Stones article of the president's interview, is that uh, Marshall Gantz was part of his campaign to get him into office, and they tried the theory yeah. of organizing from the Hillary, yeah, Hillary Clinton's theory. And we have her thesis available for mm-hmm. you too. You can read it and her her concept, even personal letters we have that she wrote back and forth. It's all about the fight. It's all about the fight, and uh, and she tried to organize from within. We we have to understand it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. You're looking to organize, and that's what he's talking about in this article. But Marshall Gantz was was part of organizing in. We're looking at the narrative. It's so important when you're beginning to 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 lead a people or to do something. You got to watch for the narrative. Does it line up? Was it is it correct? Because what we're going to find out in this particular interview with Rolling Stones magazine, the president's going. We got to work on our narrative. We got to tell our story better. Well, let's go back and look at Marshall Gantz. What he said about organizers. Listen, to what he talks about that they just got to keep that narrative going. We have the whole interview for you. It'll be available. It's Bill Moyer interview, mm-hmm. but one clip of that he talked about. You got to be schizoid. A well integrated schizoid. A well integrated schizoid <laughs> because it's about you know manipulating and moving people. And it's like mm-hmm. let's just stop manipulating each other. Let's just let's just love each other and begin to live within our mm-hmm. constitution. Acknowledge that it's a Judeo Christian nation, and and Christians. I'm telling you, there's the government gets blessed, and when we do what God tells us to do. You know, blessings come in store. But let's go look at Marshall Gantz. Marshall Gantz, what he says about organizing before we look at the brand new interview with the Rolling Stones magazine. But, you know, it's like Saul Alinsky said. Organizers have to be well-integrated schizoids because you have to polarize to mobilize and depolarize to settle. But without polarizing, you're never going to mobilize anything. And, yeah, then there's a time to negotiate. And I think we're really screwed up on that. So you're looking at the very one that helped him get into office for the first mm-hmm. time, and he's, a, he's an organizer. If you're, I mean, obviously, if you're, if you, you know, I don't know, what would you sell like a Coke? You sell pop or Coke, you know, and you and you meet another pop or soda dealer. I mean, it's common that you, you're in the same market. Right. Well, it's, it's not odd that Marshall Gantz would be with President Barack Obama before as he's president as an organizer, because an organizer is not wrong. It all depends on who. Why you're organizing? What your and motive who, is? Yeah, and we have a, orga, a, a a whole series called Organizers of, of the Day versus Organizers of the Night. Right, and and Jesus is called Jesus is our organizer for the for the light, and we're called to to live according to His ways. Mm-hmm. But the enemy's always trying to organize in men's way. They always have some sort of utopia type thing going on. And for some reason, it always ends up with Christians being killed, the wisdom being killed, and camps and ovens and trains, and not it's not good. But uh, let's look at this interview. This is an interview with Rolling Stones magazine, and uh, just going right in. Let's just dive into this mm-hmm. thing because what is our president's plan once he leaves the White House? Well, they asked the president. He said, "How did the Democrats miss the white working class in such great numbers, who clearly had these big economic issues? They have lost their jobs in industrial states." And President Obama had said that it's not quite that simple because this is not simply an economic issue. This is a cultural issue and a communications issue. It's true that a lot of manufacturing jobs has left or transformed itself because of automation. But during the course of the president's presidency, they added manufacturing jobs at historic rates. And think about it. In Michigan, actually, they have what is actually true, though. It says, is that whatever policy prescriptions that we've been proposing don't reach are not heard, by the folks of these communities and what they do here is Obama or Hillary are trying to take away their guns or, their di- or, or they disrespect you. 
One of the challenges that we've been talking about now is the way social media and the internet have changed what people receive as news. He was just talking to his political director, David Simus. He was looking at his Facebook page and some links from high school friends of his, some of whom were now passing crazy stuff about the president or about, you know, Obama has banned the Pledge of Allegiance. I think it is really important for us as progressives set aside the, Dem- the Democratic Party as an institution, but just anybody who wants to see a more progressive America, to think about how we are operating on the ground and showing up everywhere and fighting for the support of folks and giving them a concrete sense of what it is that we think will make their lives better. Well, it's always important to understand that people believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. If you discredit them by saying, well, that's just crazy, you're not gonna ever get anywhere with it. The truth is, progressives, people that think that, you know, government should be in control of everything, Mm -hmm. that you need to redistribute everything equally, they really believe that. It's been proven wrong over and over again in history, and anytime we make government God, it ends up wrong. We have wrong. to understand if a man doesn't know God, if a woman doesn't know God, they're going to go that way. They they're going to. They think it makes sense. They're trying, you know, to move from that point. And that's all the very interesting thing in that article. The first part of it was, is one of the challenges that we've been talking about. The president is talking about is social media and the internet, and he's talking about crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, look at you could take your television remote if you if you want to raise your blood pressure, and you could turn it from VFN TV and go to you know, secular news, and they're just outright lying. Not all the time, not everything's being, is a lie, but they're just, it's, you think the whole world's over when you listen to the president-elect and what's taking place on their network, but when you flip over to VFN TV or you flip over to mm-hmm. another, a conservative broadcast about the president-elect, they're going, this is the most effective presidential cabinet in the history of America. <laughs> and then you flip over to the, uh, it's not the internet, it's actually broadcast television. So the thing the president's talking about the internet Thank God for the internet. Thank God that, that people can actually exercise their First mm-hmm. Amendment rights because it is that where people spoke up that... Free speech, they can speak what yeah. they believe. And you, know, you, heard, you heard Hillary Clinton just speak recently about fake news. It's like, what have you been watching? <laughs> ABC News or NBC News or CNBC or yeah. CNN or... I mean, they're just outright just saying things. And it's, it's, it's just like they, you know... I don't know. It's just, you know, this is prophetically what was been said. It said that they're going to, that the anchors are going to fall out of their seats. And we're watching the fall of media as we know it because they don't know that we know, but like a high percentage, maybe 80, 90 percent, I don't know, don't even believe media anymore. They don't believe, they just don't Mm -hmm. trust. And you shouldn't trust if that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And what we try to do at VFN TV is we always, what we're saying is we source what we're saying, which that actually is a typical thing that you do when you're in in journalism, you think, and we're not saying that's that's what we're doing, but we we do that so you can actually be informed about what you're talking about and where it comes from. That's when we had the VFN Torch, so we broadcast this to you, but we also document it and write it down and give you the sources. So when you go have a conversation with somebody you like, can show them. You, I mean, yeah. they're, they're talking about crazy things. It doesn't even make sense. You can say, well, here is the facts. And they're talking about the internet. That's mm-hmm. freedom of speech. You know, it, Historically, it was newspapers, but now it's the internet. Yeah. This younger generation, they don't even know what a newspaper really is, if it's paper. I mean, they, they, can't, they can't relate to that. And, and, yeah. and that highlights itself. You know, we've never had a generation like the one now. With the, in one moment, you can find out what's going on across the world. That when you look at the amount of information that we encounter in one day, you look at our grandparents and they did not have that information maybe in their entire lifetime. And it's just like now you have all of this at one moment. That's exactly right. And, you know, he goes on to say in the interview right there on uh, page 80, something mm-hmm. like, you know, if we are not on the ground uh, with the people, hearing them, seeing them face to face, we're going to keep losing this thing. And it's like, well, that's what you're supposed to be. That's what we're at the church. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the world's going to they're going to do. But. We got to get face to face with people. We got to begin to share with them the hope. Share with them about VFN TV. You know, subscribe to the Torch newsletter. Go to vfntv.com, upper right hand corner. Subscribe to the Torch. We have a free gift for you. But understand, this is we have to begin to move in these spheres of culture. Yeah. Whether it's the family uh, sphere of culture, whether it's the government or education, whether it's media, arts and entertainment, mm-hmm. business, whatever it is, we've got we have to begin to come out of our caves. I guess I don't know where everybody's at and begin to show our true colors. I remember when Pat and I were uh, with a particular lawyer who's Christian, and uh, we were 
we didn't understand at that time that people privately say, I'm a Christian, but publicly you can't find a clue. And this lawyer was meeting with us and we, we asked this lawyer, he said, listen, you need to put this armband on. And the armband had G period, O period, D period, which spells God, mm-hmm. but it meant a heart of gratitude, a soul of obedience, and a mind of dependency. Well, this terrified this particular lawyer. I mean, he was all hot and bothered about being a Christian and talking and everything, but once he had to put his Christianity on the outside of himself, he was terrified, but he did it. Mm. And you know what happened when he did it? Once he put God on the outside, he ended up having a whole different perspective. He left his career as a, as a, as a lawyer and ended up being a father and with his wife and a mother over a fatherless uh, sons and daughters. Wow. When you put Jesus on the outside, everything changes. And so when the president's talking about, you know, he believes the narrative that, you know, it needs to be a redistribution of wealth, it needs to be more of a government-controlled uh, equality type thing that, um, uh, and we do believe in equal rights, I'm talking about that, I'm talking about in regards to your business, it needs to be liquidated so we can pass the money out. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying we need to get face-to-face with folks to be able to, to explain this thing. And it's like, we better keep talking because people might buy into that. And one particular German said this, when he was studying the history of communism and Marxism, he said that communism, socialism, Marxism, the isms, is um, the greatest temptation to a, man, to a man's flesh. Mm. Because what they say is this, you'll never have to work again. You know, you'll just be able to just exist and we'll take care of your school if you wanna go to school. We'll take care of your home. You know, we'll, we'll do t- it for you, we'll you do it, we'll do it. We'll do it all for you. And if we don't understand how things work, that that's not God's way of doing things, then uh, you buy into that. Hard work is a part of life. That's just that's that's right. That's exactly it. And you know, and, and facing that in your culture, you know, when you face that in your culture and you're raising your kids, for example, in this environment, and they're hearing that all day long from the education sphere of culture because mm-hmm. it needs to be switched back to what it was. You come home and you talk, you talk to your kids and they go, they're saying, "Mom, we need to be a socialist." But they're saying the behaviors and expecting the things of communism. When the parents is going like, you won't get a job. (laughs) You're not just going to school to go to school. There's a reason why you're going to school. And then all of a sudden they start thinking the parents are bad, but the parents are not bad. The parents love you. God loves you. That's God's plan for your life. And so you have, you know, these Luciferian tactics that Sololinsky talked about Mm -hmm. and wrote about in the Rules for Radicals. Tempts your flesh to go, I I don't have to work. I could just get, get you know. Well, that's really what we've talked about before is that when, when you were going through school, they taught that reality of what is socialism, what is capitalism. Used but, to. Right, they used yeah. to. But now, since it's been taken out of education, right. a lot of the generation presently doesn't know that they're being taught socialism. They're saying it's a good thing. <laughs> right. I mean, they're teaching that without using the words, but they have a new form of socialism, right. a new form of communism. And it's just like the one thing about history is it tends to repeat itself over and over and, and over we're again. Learn from history. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about hear more about the Rolling Stones article because he's talking about organizing, and that's important because the theory was tested based on my understanding Hillary Clinton's theory that she wrote her thesis about, and her argument with her mentor Saul Alinsky, who wrote the book Rule for Radicals, mm-hmm. taught her how to organize. He said you organize from outside the White House, basically, outside the Sheriff's Department, outside the community. And so you basically manipulate authority. You manipulate the county commissioners. You manipulate the city councils. You manipulate the sheriff. You manipulate the presidents. You manipulate CEOs of companies and stuff like that from the outside. She said you could do it from the inside based on her term paper and her conversation Mm -hmm. with Saul Alinsky that's in writing we have for you. But by the way, it was just proven when she lost the election, her theory was tested out, and I believe they're fixing to kick in from the outside, and it's gonna be really aggressive Saul Alinsky uh, techniques, and he's talking about working on the story and his narrative, because that's how you gotta, you gotta have a clear narrative, you gotta be able to shift back mm-hmm. and forth, like a well schizoid, what is he? A well-integrated schizoid. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't matter the narrative, as long as you get the people moving in that direction, because yeah. it's their agenda they're fulfilling, it's not your agenda because they feel like their agenda is the right thing for everybody. Well, we're gonna talk more about this when we get back from the break, but first we have this offer for you. Know this, that not only when you partner with us that we'll have this offer for you, 
But know this, we have the green room for you. The green room is special uh, treats and things that we uh, just give just for you, for our partners. We also have specials available for you. Mm -hmm. That's there, and we have like many, many teachings, prophetic teachings to encourage you. We have so many things to say thank you for you standing with us to make a difference in this world. Here's an offer for you. Did you know it's our partners that help keep us on the air? We have a gift for you, for your partnership of any amount. It's offer 2020. It's entitled The Extra Mile. It's not conditional. There is something about it in the American culture that no one wants to be told what to do. Yet, we're told in Romans 12 too that we're not to conform to this culture that we live in. What does that mean? It means that when Jesus tells us a soldier that asks us to carry his bag a mile, we're supposed to only go a mile, but go two miles, we'll find out how to deal and with the contradictions of this culture and understand a culture that says, I will carry your gear if you do this. I will do this if, when the reality is, God's not concerned about this world or this kingdom because we have a kingdom that's not of this world. You'll be greatly encouraged when you find out there's another kingdom that we're living for. And we have that for you. It's of any amount so whatsoever. We have an offer for you. It's offer 2020. The title of it is The Extra Mile. Really, it's not conditional. You can partner by going to vfntv.com and click on partner now. Or you can mail us at vfntv, 40 West Nine Mile Road, number two, PMB 360, Pensacola, Florida, 32534. Or you can even call us at 844-408-3688. That's offer 2020. Jesus told us to go the extra mile. It is not conditional. Thank you. God bless. This is VFN TV, where we're keeping the conversation light. Follow us online at VFNTV.com. We'll be right back. Shouting comes natural to me, but shouting, I remember a lady saying, well, shouting means you've lost control, and that's true. On today's Focus on the Family Minute, Joanne Kraft reveals one of her secrets of parenting. So I now just consciously, and this is after years of parenting, trust me, but I call it, this is going to sound terrible, but I call it my serial killer voice, but I just bring it down an octave, and I just look at them and I calmly talk, which I think frightens them more. I just look and talk, and I what I've prepared is this. I may look around the house during the week and go, you know, my shower needs to be cleaned. Or, boy, the baseboards sure are dusty. I'm going to lock that one away in the back of my you know, for later. So when the kids bicker and fight, hey, you know what? Dust the baseboards. Oh, wait, you just took, you stole your sister's whatever? Go make her bed for a week. So I use chores, and that benefits my household because yeah. things get done. That's one way to get your house clean, and you'll hear more insights and parenting advice at FamilyMinute.org. You know, every one of us go through times in our life where it just seems hopeless. As a matter of fact, I remember watching young people who had on their windshields with vinyl lettering, it just, the words were hopeless. I couldn't believe that. They asked, Why would you put that? Don't put that on your, you know, and I can understand maybe it's a cry of your heart. You're going, listen, I need hope. Well, I got news for you that right now on your uh, VF, on VFNTV.com or on your uh, VFNTV app, and you can find it by going to your browser and type in VFNTV.com, and it'll lead you through the steps to be able to have it on your iPhone or your mobile device or your iPad or iPod or, or your um all that wonderful stuff that they have out there. And so, but with that, uh, you can get hope because you got to understand that, you know, when you think about Abraham against all hope in hope, he still believed it's okay. A lot of times we're looking and said, okay, I've looked at the evidence. I looked at my inabilities. I looked at my finances. I looked at my relationship. I looked at what everybody's saying about me. I've looked at all these different things. But you can do that. You can look at your reality. It's okay in God to look at your reality and in the natural sense. In the natural sense, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. But you still can have hope against that hope, but it's a different hope. It's called faith. It says, now faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see. And it's hope. It's that kind of hope, you know? Inside of me, it hasn't manifested yet, but what I'm believing God for is going to come to pass. You know, and I have a dream. I literally have a dream that 
God is going to pour out a third great awakening. I know, obviously, you know, that, uh, you know, the church is going to have to be, you know, in agreement with, with, with what God is saying, but I'm just believing it. That's why we're on VFN TV and VFN radio to be able to talk to you and encourage you. Listen, it's God's got good plans in store for you. Good plans in store for you. And I have a dream. Welcome back. We just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. It's Christmas season. We celebrate 12 days of Christmas. We are right in the middle of talking about this article, this interview with the Rolling Stones magazine that President Obama gave. And it's pretty interesting Mm -hmm. because it looks like he's about to kick in the organizer part of him. As a matter of fact, specifically, he says that. Let's just pick back up in the article and you're asking him questions. Of course, this particular question they're asking him here is how are you going to stitch the country together? Right? It's like, wouldn't you be asking that to the president elect who's going to lead? But you're, you're you're asking the president who's leaving the office how he's going to stitch. By the way, yeah. he's got a plan. Let's listen yes. to it. He says, well, the most important thing that I'm focused on is how we create a common set of facts. That sounds kind of abstract. So this, place, this is important. Yeah. Okay, before we get started, let's create new facts. You know, one plus one doesn't equal two. Mm-hmm. That the, con- the Constitution is not that important anymore. It's a list of negative rights instead of positive rights, kind of an outdated document. You know, uh, changing all, and you have to understand how you begin is very important. So when Mm -hmm. the first thing that he wants to do is, and he's gonna talk about building his library on this too, is to get the facts straight. So you gotta have your facts straight when you're gonna have a conversation. It's only fair. Changing the meaning of words. If you're gonna talk with somebody about what's right, you need to know what's right. So the first thing he talks about he wants to get a list, uh, create a common set of facts. I mean, you don't create facts. Facts are facts. They just are, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm 120 pounds. That's fact, right? <laughs> That's fiction. That's fiction. But he's saying you can create that. Everybody, the whole studio's laughing here. Okay, everybody, everybody, give me a moment here. Okay. But the whole thing is like, you don't create facts, you find facts out. Right. Scientists find facts. Mm-hmm. When they're talking about global warming, you know, that you have the scientists who say that it's not, and then scientists that say that it is. The truth is, he's like, what's the facts? It doesn't matter what your opinion mm-hmm. is. You know, what are the facts? You don't create a set of common facts. Right. Facts are things you find out. And so right off the bat, you're looking at uh, the whole. And this is what he's saying, what, what his plan is as he leaves the yeah, White House. And he's always been honest about this I mean, from the get-go. Totally like it is. A lot of people just didn't believe it. Okay. So he says, another way of saying this, how do we create a common story about where we are? And that's what they talk about, you know, this, this is what Mark Marshall Gantz says. He says, you got the story of self. Mm-hmm. And so that you, you start listening to maybe President Obama tell a story, you know, and he wrote a book, the, 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 the uh, story, the, uh, what's this, the book about his father's? Father, um, oh. Um, no, President Obama's book. Anyway, so in his book, he wrote- The Dreams wrote, of My Father? The Dreams, of, Dreams from My Father. And it wasn't really, Truth, but it was truth. Because they found out afterwards, what he did was he kind of built a whole narrative based off a lot of people's experiences, but he told it as his story. Mm. And so people read that and go, wow, whoa. And then you find out, well, it wasn't really my story, <laughs> but it was a, it was a, a collaboration. Yeah. It actually was created common set of facts. It mm-hmm. was creating a story. And it really touched your heart because it was, it was it, it, it's, if, you, if you put everybody together in the world, all that's going to be true, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily your story right. that's going on. But that's what he's talking about doing right here, yeah. And he continues to say, the biggest challenge that I think that we have right now in terms of this divide is that the country receives information from completely different sources. Like VFN TV, <laughs> you know, yeah, right? And he continues to say that it's getting worse. The whole movement away from curated journalism to Facebook pages. Well, think about this. Yeah. If we only would have had CNN, MSNBC, um, ABC, mm-hmm. all of those stations, they were totally convinced they were right. They even called up Don- President-elect Donald Trump's daughter and told her about the exit polls, and she calls her father up and says, Dad, we're not gonna do this, we're not mm-hmm. gonna win this thing. They were wrong. <laughs> and they just lied the whole time. Yeah, they, they, you, It's so dangerous, this is so, how, lying is so dangerous is you can tell a lie so long 
And that's part of the rules for radicals. Part of the rules for radicals, one of the rules is if you tell a lie long enough, it becomes truth. People believe it. People believe it. And the whole thing is, it's truth or not truth. It's either fact or not mm. fact. You don't create facts. But you know, Dreams from My Father was a created story from a lot of different peoples. This is the quote, a, a paraphrase quote. And it put together and it kind of told it as my story. Yeah. But it didn't come out till later on that's actually what happened. So you're seeing that take place right here. And so you gotta say, you know, the whole point is every, all 300 million plus people in America is supposed to have the right to be able to have the freedom of speech. Yep. It's not just the people who own the corporation that has a, happened to have a little spot on a uh, satellite somewhere who mm -hmm. happens to have a deal with a cable company that can broadcast their perspective of society and think, it's everybody. Remember, we're gonna talk about what the definition of the word press is so we can understand, mm -hmm. you know, you are press when you go out and you begin to share your thoughts and your ideas. So what's the rest of the article? So we're about Facebook here. Right, so, and this There is was some pretty horrific things on Facebook. <laughs> I'm surprised what some Christians say. It's embarrassing, but they have the right to say those things. And, uh, and he's, so he's saying mm -hmm. Facebook, you know. So the president goes on to say that in which an article on climate change by a Nobel Prize winning scientist looks pretty much as credible as an article written by a guy in his underwear in a basement or worse. I don't know why they always say that for what hey, apparently that changes your credibility by what you're wearing. Right. But he says there's something written by the Koch brothers. People are no longer talking to each other. They're just occupying their different spheres. And VF and Kingdom Business, we're all about the seven spheres of culture. And he's saying they stay in their sphere mm -hmm. and they're just uh, texting and messaging back and forth. And what we want to do is transform culture. And you do that by coming a VFN Kingdom Business Partner because we're focused. Well, he's focusing on these seven mountains. Yeah. He wants to transform, fundamentally transform our nation. And, and there's many people that want to do that. And so we got to say, do we want to be at fun, fundamentally trans, transformed? Do we actually want to be the Judeo-Christian right. nation that God's called us to be? Yeah. He says, in an internet era we are still where we still value a free press and we don't, censorship, we don't want censorship of the internet, that's a hard problem to solve. I think it's one that requires those that who are controlling these media to think carefully about their responsibilities and whether there are ways to create a better conversation. So you're looking and said, okay, we have the First Amendment, so we can't really, even though we really want it to stop, mm -hmm. but if we focus on the ones that, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg and we organize mm -hmm. against him and we have this Alinsky thing going on and we pressure him, we'll get him to begin to edit people's free speech. That's what he's talking about doing. Yeah. It looks like it to me. Okay. He says it requires better civics education among our kids so that we can sort through what's true and what's not. And we talk about civil Christianity. Mm -hmm. You've got to sign up for civil Christianity. Go to civilchristianity.org because God told us prophetically this is what will be happening. And we've got to begin, begin to become civil Christians yeah. in a civil land. What does that mean? And that's what, you know, that's what he's doing. He's basically setting up his team to be able to fundamentally transform in the original Saul Alinsky method of how yeah. you do it. And when you understand the original intent of our nation and the Constitution, you can understand all the side conversations that try to come against that. Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And he says, it's gonna require those of us who are interested in progressive causes figuring out how do we attract more eyeballs and make it more interesting and more entertaining and more persuasive. And that's the really focus on, if you notice during uh, President Obama's administration, he was always on the young shows, he was always on the, the hip stuff, he was always on, because they were trying to make their message, their story, their creative facts appealing, appealing and yeah. entertaining. And the thing is, it's like, you don't want to be entertained all the way to, to you know, some camp somewhere or eliminated or laws like we talked about in France in a previous program when they're talking about having a law that if you, if you dissuade a lady from having an abortion based on your Facebook post, you could face two years in jail yep. and $36,000 fine. That we don't like that story. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good story right there. No. Okay. So then Rolling Stones asked the president this question. He says, what's your plan going to be going forward with this? He says, I'm gonna be organizing my presidential center, which is gonna be focused on precisely this issue of mm. how do we train and empower the next generation of leadership? How do we rethink our storytelling, the messaging and the use of technology and digital media so that we can make a persuasive case across the country? Which is kind of the very thing of what he's been talking about. Yeah, it really is. So they're talking and, about, he's working on his message, yeah. messaging. And not just in San Francisco or Manhattan, but the president continues to say, but everywhere, mm -hmm. about why climate change matters or why issues of economic inequality have to be addressed. 
So I will continue to be very active and Michelle is going to continue to be very active. And on the very thing that brought us here, which is our belief mm -hmm. that when you work with people on the ground at a grassroots level, change happens. So we're looking at rules for radicals. And if you haven't yet heard the series, you know, organizers of the night versus organizer of the day, you need to hear that because mm -hmm. these things are going to kick in big time. And it's really, I mean, it's a great temptation when somebody says, you're not going to have to do nothing. We're going to take, you know, uh, someone else's money, the billionaire's money and, and spread it out and you're going to have it. And, you know, uh, socialism works until you run out of other people's money and you will yeah. run out of other people's money. Look at the, the governments out there. But the big thing he's talking about, Frank's going to use this presidential library to be a grassroots movement to be able to transform this nation into this place of created facts that tells a new story about our nation. We need to, tell, we need to rewrite history. Yeah. I think we need to tell our whole history. I don't think our whole history has been told. We need to merge it all. You shouldn't have to take a, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to have a special class for that. But I'll look right here. Look at the First Amendment. This is so important because a lot of times we don't understand that this is our constitutional right. The First Amendment tells us very specifically that the government shall make no law stopping the freedom of press. And so it's important that we have a freedom of press. You can't tell somebody on their Facebook that they can't share their opinion. Although a lot of people's opinions pretty mean and hateful and mm -hmm. I can't believe they're saying that. And some people are saying things in the name of, of Jesus Christ that he would never say. He's not, that, he's not concerned about that kind of thing. But the things that they say are hateful. But you have a right to that. You have a right to create a new narrative and create new facts and, and share them. But we have a right to go in like, that ain't true, that's mm -hmm. not right. And think about the press. The government shall make no law concerning the press. Look at the definition of the press so you understand it. it's not just CNN. It's anybody who moves in this particular definition. Read that for us. Printed publications collectively, especially newspapers and periodicals, all the media and agencies that print, broadcast, or gather and transmit news, including newspapers, news magazines, radio and television, news bureaus, and wire services, a group of news reporters, and news photographers. This is so important to understand, which means you could start today being impressed and doing a newsletter in your own neighborhood. But I want you to look at this quote, this particular quote by uh, Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, is so important. He says, whenever you remove a fence, always pause long enough to find out why it was put there in the first place. We gotta go back and look at our Constitution, mm -hmm. and it comes from the root of the Magna Carta, which was 400 years ago, and two, two billion people are benefited from this reality of the Magna Carta. Take a look at this now. At the core of America's judicial system is the notion that no ruler, no government official or elected leader is above the law. It's a tenet recorded in every one of our founding documents, but that revolutionary idea didn't originate here. It came from a 13th century peace treaty that has shaped the free world for 800 years. The Magna Carta today the principles contained therein affect the lives of nearly two billion people in over a hundred countries around the world. There are only four surviving original copies of the 1215 Magna Carta. One of them is currently on display at the British Library in London with two of its much younger but more famous 18th century cousins, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Bill of Rights. In the Declaration of Independence, you have America standing up to a tyrannical king, but people are ironically looking back to Magna Carta, which is, of course, a document granted originally by an English king. You describe it as Britain's greatest or most important export? Eight of the ten in the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the Constitution of the United States, are straight from Magna Carta. Magna Carta, Latin for Great Charter, was drawn up at a time when the divine right of kings and the feudal system was the law of the land, whereby a monarch's right to rule was not bound by any earthly authority, but came directly from Almighty God. There was only one lawmaker, the king, and that meant life or death. It meant imprisonment. It meant all sorts of penalties that could be whimsical. and in. King John's case, it was whimsical. He abused his power to such a degree that he became one of the most loathed and reviled rulers in English history. Crowned at Westminster Abbey in 1199, he inherited the throne from his brother, Richard the Lionhearted. Unlike his brother, John was inept, greedy, corrupt, and showed mercy to no one.
In the first five years of his reign, he lost most of his inherited lands in France through military and foreign policy blunders. Chronicler Gervais of Canterbury called him John Softsword. His wars were unpopular and costly, so he placed heavy tax burdens on his subjects to finance them. He was very good at fundraising. He was selling off widows to widowers and instructing them that they had to marry this woman, and if they didn't want to, then he'd fine them. If he did want to, he'd take uh, money for it. In the meantime, she might try to bribe him to stay single because she couldn't stand the sight of the particular chap he was offering. And so he was collecting money from all three. If the barons owed him money, King John took their children as hostages until full payment was made. He would also degrade the wives of his noblemen with lewd and lustful behavior and added insult to injury with more taxes. And that was the thing that really led to the theme of no taxation without representation. He tripled their taxes. Perhaps his most insidious offense was his abuse of individual rights. He meted out judgment and punishment without due process. When his Welsh barons threatened rebellion in 1212, he had 28 of their sons hanged. Matthew Paris, a 13th century historian, famously wrote, Foul as it is, hell itself is made fouler by the presence of King John. The political climate in January of 1215 boiled over with revolt among his beleaguered yet well-armed barons. They confronted the heavily guarded John here at London's Temple Church and demanded that he fulfill his sworn oath and restore the ancient liberties granted to them a century earlier by King Henry I. According to one historian of the time, John scoffed and vowed he'd never grant them liberties that would render him their slave. A seriously tense and divided standoff ensued. By spring of that year, the barons renounced their allegiance to the crown and took its capital, London. With John the Softsword cornered and forced into negotiations, he chose a serene meadow called Runnymede. King John met with the barons here in this open field at Runnymede along the banks of the Thames River, two miles south of Windsor Castle to make peace. It was on June 15th, 1215, that he affixed his seal to the Magna Carta, the Great Charter. The peace treaty, originally called the Articles of the Barons, contained 63 clauses that limited the king's powers in matters of the church, courts, trade, taxes, and individual rights. So it's a potpourri of all sorts of things that are terribly important, but the absolute principal thing is the elimination of the right of divine rule of a king. The following year, King John died of dysentery and was replaced by his heir, the boy king, Henry III. Under wise counsel, King Henry amended the articles three times. It was freely issued by the new king, Henry III. So it was free from the charge that it had been issued under duress at the field of Runnymede. But I think the most important thing about Magna Carta, sort of holistically, is that it established the importance of the principle of the rule of law. Magna Carta influenced centuries of English law and laid the groundwork for establishing individual rights. There's women's rights, actually in the Magna Carta, a privilege of a widow not to be forced to marry without her consent of women's rights. Same thing with children. There were children's rights in it. In time, many of the articles lost their relevance, but there's one today that remains the bedrock of America's judicial system. The key clause, which is buried in the middle of Magna Carta, it's not given any particular prominence in the document itself, but guaranteeing access to justice and the right to a fair trial. And that last clause, which is the one that's really stood the test of time and that people have looked back to over the centuries ever since, that's the one that's really at the heart of Magna Carta's fame today. Through the writings of Sir Edward Coke and others, Magna Carta and its ideas made their way to the shores of the New World, where again the king's subjects were on the verge of revolution. No taxation without representation. 
That's very important. It was, of course, the battle cry of the American Revolution. So they definitely looked back to Magna Carta as the embodiment of ancient rights. A medieval historian said of King John, he feared not God, nor respected men. It was, however, out of his abuses that Magna Carta emerged and over time became the cornerstone of liberty, law, and democracy. I think it's amazing in this 800th anniversary year just how much national and international interest and excitement has been uh, generated around the Magna Carta and how it's moved from being a medieval peace treaty into one of the most famous and iconic documents in the world. For CBN, this is John Jessup reporting in London on the 800th anniversary of the Magna Carta. Remember this. When you remove a fence, always pause long enough to find out why it was put there in the first place. When you look at the evil rulers that happened, that the reason why the Magna Carta came, up, came about, and why the Constitution came about, when people want to rewrite it and create new facts and these things that are happening, right. you have to remember that it's that constitutional right that gives you the rights to operate as a free citizen in America. I want to pray with you if you're going to a close right now, and you can find out more at vfntv.com on that. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Father God, for all those that have gone before us that labored so intently, Father God, to be able to, to lay down something as plain and clear as the U.S. Constitution, Father God. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the grace to keep it, to know it, to maintain it, and to uphold it, God. And all the enemies of the U.S. Constitution, foreign and domestic, that you would take your angels and remove them from this nation, God, and from Washington, D.C., and anywhere else, Father God, that we'd have leaders that would protect our constitutional rights. And Lord, we ask you right now, Father God, that you would end abortion, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name, God bless and Merry Christmas to you. We want to give a special thanks to all of our sponsors and partners. Visit VFNTV.com and visit our sponsors for all of their contact information, phone numbers, web addresses, emails. Call them today. I'm your host, Greg Lancaster, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Don't forget you can join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Download our app and sign up for our newsletter, The Torch, at vfntv.com. I've enjoyed our time together. God bless. John, do you know the VFN TV app is out, right? I think it's yes, 4.0, 4.0, man. 4.0. That is so cool. And, and they're doing a wonderful job at designing it and putting it together. And yes. everything that we're saying and doing is available now on the VFN TV app. All you got to do is go to your app store, type in vVictor, VFN TV, and it just shows up. Or you can go to VFNTV.com and click on the appropriate store, whichever one you actually have your phone with. But it's so important. You can listen to highlights. You can listen to the programs. You can listen to us live. We're live 24-7, uh, uh, seven days a week. And, and some encouraging words, some, any prophetic words that are coming out, you know, God's news behind the news. It's not enough to know the news. You need to know what to do with the news you know. Listen, get the app. It's totally free, by the way. Go to your app store and find it today. Just type in VFN TV. It'll pop up. Download it for free or go to VFNTV.com. We're family. Did you know that God has called us to be family? We're called to be the family of God. It's Father God. It's not like King God. It's Father God. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is our elder brother. Yes, he's our Lord and our, our Savior. But he's the firstborn. He's the head of the church. The first, he's our elder brother. We are not, we're, 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 like, we're heirs of God, not heirs of Jesus. We're joint heirs with Jesus. That's right. We're family. We're sisters and brothers. That's why we're supposed to love each other. The family of God. I remember Jesus was sitting around with his disciples in a house, by the way, and he's teaching them uh, about the things of God. And his biological mother, Mary, and brother comes to the house, and they're knocking on the outside of the door. And they said, and of course, they're talking to each other, Mary, and her son's talking and says, oh, my goodness, Jesus has lost his mind. <laughs> they really thought, he thought Jesus lost yeah, his mind. That's right. They lost his mind, and he hasn't eaten. He's been a long time since he's eaten. We need to go rescue him. We need to rescue him from his ministry because he's lost his mind. Don't he know this is supposed to happen in a temple, not in a house? And this goes on. And then Jesus, of all the things he said, this is very important, of all the things of he all said, things. of all the things he said, he said, you know, somebody comes out and said, yo, your mom was outside. <laughs> you know? And, yo, sir. No, yo, your mom was outside. And so Jesus stops and he pauses. He looks at the disciples 
and he's talking to him. He says, listen, let me tell you who the family of God is. Mm. Let me tell you who my mother and my brother is. Those who do the will of my father. Yes. Oh, more than anything you want your biological family to follow God. But the truth is you have no control over them. You tell them the truth and you honor their decision. Listen, the true family of God is those who follow his teachings. They have a desire to follow Jesus. See, the church is a family. Get into your right now where you're at and your fellowship. Say, listen, we need to start being family. Mm -hmm. And if people just still relate to you like sand, like organizations, like an orphanage, you know, just get your food, sit down, shut up. Don't know nobody. Listen, find a fellowship that functions as family. Maybe Vine Fellowship Network's for you. Maybe there's a church in your area. Maybe God has, a, has planted in your heart. So, you know what? I want to begin this in my own city. Check it out. VineFellowshipNetwork.org, where we're loving God, loving others, and leading others to do the same.